Welcome to Second Cherry, almost a Eurovision podcast. This week, we're travelling to Sweden. Hello and welcome to Second Cherry. I'm Monty. And I'm Matt. And this is a podcast that revives the songs that didn't make it to the Eurovision Song Contest. And each week we take you through a different country's national final and pick the cherry that we think deserves a second chance, a second bite of the cherry. At the end of the series, you, the listeners, vote for your favourites and at our live event, we will crown the winner of the second cherry song contest. Hey, Monty. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How's you? I'm hot. It is really, really fucking hot today. It is Friday before this drops and it is the hottest day of the year so far. Yeah, and actually the the last thing we want to be doing is locking ourselves up in a room trying to soundproof it when you actually you want to be outside. Uh, <laughs> I wondered where you were going there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you're into that. <laughs> yeah, so we're, yeah, we're sweltering, but here we, we are. are. But the, the heat does funny things to us, I think. It sort of brings out your pheromones. I mean, I know you've been pawing at me all day. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, we, we've sat in and we've been watching clips of Melfest and old Melfest and yeah, we've kind of got our juices flowing, haven't we? Well, I've got something flowing, certainly. <laughs> I think it's a vodka. <laughs> so we're going to Sweden this week. But before we do, we, we've we've had some letters. Ooh. Yes, we have. Now Open the... your sack. Open your sack. <laughs> I will spill my sack. The first letter that we've had, well, it's an email, really, but, you know, the modern version. It's um, it's international. It's uh, from... It's hello at Nederland. That's hello from the Netherlands. Right. I know that much. And it's from Adrian, our good friend. Good morning, Cherry Chaps. Good morning, Adrian. Long-term listener, first-time caller. The podcast starts off my Mondays on a great note. Today's episode encouraged me to write in because Sunit was your good thing of the week, etc. The good thing of the week that is good. That's good, that is. And this brought back one of my few happy Rotterdam 2020 memories. As you know, I'm Irish. I live here in the Netherlands and was very excited to have Eurovision in the country where I live. Just over a week before cancellation, I was happily talking to you all about plans and ideas for Rotterdam activities. Oh yes, did we have plans. Mm. Literally one week before cancellation, I was at the filming for the San Marino postcard with Sunit, which I blagged my way into. Do you know, I like to blag my way into everything at Eurovision. If you don't ask, if you don't blag, you don't get. Um, we've been to some places by the sheer blaggery. I think if you get in on sheer merit, that is boring. If you blag your way into a place that you know you definitely should not be... It's so much more sweeter. Now, there's a San Marino connection here because I blagged my way into the weirdest event I've ever blagged myself into at Eurovision and it was Ralph Siegel's 40th anniversary dinner in Baku. And to mark his 40 years of writing songs for oh Eurovision <laughs> National Finals. <laughs> it was quite the night. Did you have to pay your own food? Or was it like... No, no, we got free food. Actually, I got a vegetarian version, which was... The blandest dinner I've ever had, it was boiled potato, roast potato, mashed potato, plain pasta, and chips. Well, it was for free. All on the same plate. (laughs) (laughs) I can just imagine you going in going like, oh yeah, I know this is all free and I've blagged myself in, but dietary requirements, guys, you're going to have to sort me out. (laughs) (laughs) But we had a a fun night. It was a really bizarre night. It was a miles away from anywhere. It took us ages to get a cab back. But I digress from um, Adrian's missive. So he'd blacked his way into the filming of the postcard for San Marino and went along with a colleague to whoop and cheer and leap uh, as Sunit played football with a group of women in Hague. It was just as the pandemic was really starting to hit the Netherlands and actually was a great three hours where we didn't really think much about it. A fun break from all that pre-pandemic anxiety. Do you know, it's only five months ago and it seems like a lifetime away, doesn't Doesn't it? it? Sunit was great crack, lively, entertaining, silly fun. I really look forward to seeing what she brings to Rotterdam 2021 and really, really hope we can all come together there. Hashtag open up again. Keep up the good work, Adrian. Oh, that's nice. Thank you, Adrian. There was a lot of 
uh, lockdown anxiety with Adrian because I saw him on a Zoom call dancing with his top off. So He's always got his top off. I think she's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's done all right. <laughs> she got through it. Now, we've had some other letters and messages as well uh, based on last week's podcast, actually. And I think it's fair to say that the Ukrainian choice has... Well, it's caused more than a ripple. It's quite a stir, even, within our listeners. So, um, first of all, I'm going to read out this. This is from David Nicholl. Hello, David. How are you? Thank you for writing in. So, it says, feedback on Ukraine. Dated or classic? Question mark. Mm. Just a moment, David. He wrote in last year and we read his yes, message that's out. Right. So, yes, that's yeah. So, hello, boys. I hope that you're both well. Yes, we are. Thank you very much for asking. Love listening to the podcast. You got me into the national final season last year, so was looking forward to this season, especially given what happened to the contest. Just take a moment there to ponder on that. R.I.P. Just listening to the Ukraine episode, and I wanted to get in touch. I'm absolutely with Jodie on the horizon. Right, that's enough of that. Let's <laughs> delete. That's enough. Delete, delete, delete. <laughs> no, no. So I'm absolutely with Jodie on horizon. This was my absolute favourite from the Ukrainian national final. But know that I'm probably in the minority. And was I was fully expecting you both to hate it, for which I was absolutely correct. We don't hate it, David. We're not haters here. We just detest it with a passion. We just would drown it like a... I don't know. What do you drown? The kittens. Kitten. We no, 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 no. Kittens. No, no, no. <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. So, no, but we don't know. We don't hate it because it is our cherry song. We are actually quite liking the 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 response to the division on it. That's quite amusing. Totally. So, what this showed is the true mix of tastes within the Eurovision fandom. And I think it was great to have Jodie on the show to show the difference in taste, considering there were only five of you making that choice. Absolutely right. We do agree with that, David. While some may call this song dull and dated, I would call it amazing and theatrical. So I think it's always good to have a variety. Is for me the best contests are always the ones with a total mix of styles. I can guess that if someone describes a song as dated, he'll be going straight onto my playlist. <laughs> I love that. I like what you like. I always there's no such thing as a guilty pleasure. No. When it comes to Eurovision, like what you like and be proud of liking it. I go through life with this mantra. Own your own shit. If you like Absolutely. something, if you like it, you like it. If you hate something, you hate something. Brilliant. So David signs off. Keep up the great work and I look forward to the next episode. Lots of love, David. Oh, thank you, David. That is Aww. really sweet. Even if you're disagreeing with us. Uh, no, it's great. It really is great because there is, variety is the, the spice of life and variety is the spice of second cherry. There you go. <laughs> I like the fact that we got him into national finals. He, yes. Because I, uh, David sent me a personal message as well previously and said that, you know, he's really like engaged with the national final season right from the start this year. I love that. It's fantastic. Now, I do have to do a little bit of balance because we've had another few messages on Twitter and personal messages as well, <laughs> which haven't been quite so in keeping with the uh, the choice. Um, Ellie says that there's so many of the Vidbeer songs still in, rota- in her rotation. Not the Axel Rod, though, Jodie. <laughs> <laughs> Bob, our um, long-time supporter, the most controversial episode of Second Cherry for sure. Ooh. I would ask for a recount, but my jaw is still on the floor. Oh, controversial indeed. Um, and I had a personal message. I can't say who this. I won't say who this is, rather, because they're not. The others were on Twitter, so they're in the public sphere. But somebody messaged and said, "I feel so bad that you had to bow down to democracy and let that wet lettuce ballad win." Oh, God, I'm just going to lean over and just see who said that. Oh, yeah, oh, okay, yeah. right, okay, okay. <laughs> no, no. I mean, we we are nothing if not democratic here at Second Cherry, and that is one fairly and squarely, and that is our choice, and we do support it. Um, and then another message says, "Hi, please send me the names and email addresses." The second cherry team i'd like a word there are smiley faces with that though to cushion the blow i was so filled with rage i had to shut my work laptop and decompress well it serves you right for listening at work when you should be working i have to say we do have very dramatic readers i have to say <laughs> i'm not gonna say queens <laughs> no that is lovely thank you for all of your messages that are coming whatever your views on the songs that we pick you know it is a, it's a group decision it's a democratic decision and that's what we have and we look at the look at the response it's provoked what could we ask for I'm more happy that? with that yeah yeah <laughs> so but that was Ukraine 
And that's been and gone for the mm-hmm. time being. Yes. So we're in Sweden. So we should are. we should yes. we jump into that? Let's jump in. So Sweden. Now you know we all know the absolute juggernaut that is the Melody Festivalen. So we're not going to get down into the detail of the history of it. We've done that last series, and and you all pretty much know it anyway. Um, but it was held on the 7th of March this year uh, at the Friends Arena in Solna. Uh, it was the hosts this year, because they change it up, don't they, most years? Lena Hedlund, Linnea Henriksen and David Sudin. The national final format, I think it was the same as previous years, that you've got the four heats. So it was two qualifiers from each heat and then two sort of semi-qualifiers that then get put through to the Andre Chanson round and then you have that Andre Chanson round <laughs> and then the final so this year me Monty wanted to watch a lot of Melody Festival and so the best way to do that in London is to go to the Swedish church in Malibone which we spoke about before on the podcast and it's got kind of a bit of a cultural swang to it really because it used to be well what we'll do is actually when we were there this year we took audio from different fans and people that we met and we interviewed them and just sort of give you a bit of a flavor what it's like when me and Monty go to the church and watch Melody Festival and on the big screen have a little listen to this so we're here in the Swedish church in Marleybone in London now Matt I know that most Sunday mornings you can be found on your knees calling out for Jesus but it is a little bit more unusual for you to be in a place of worship on a Saturday night, isn't it? <laughs> touché, Monty, touché. Um, yeah, it, I, this is a really good event, though. We come here, well, oh God, how long have we been coming here? Well, you've been coming here longer than me. I've, it's actually only my second time. I used to come to the Harcourt Arms across the road, which was a Swedish pub, and they realised that they could, because they had the Swedish satellite for the sports, then, you know, they could watch Melody Festival. And so that's where we started this Melody Festival in tradition in London. And the pub over the road. Actually, there's a really good article about the halcyon days of the Harcourt Arms, which unfortunately is still a pub, but no longer shows Melody Festival. In. And we'll put that in the show links. But yeah, this is only my second time in the church. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good event. We, um, I started coming, they didn't serve alcohol. And it was nice. And then they started serving alcohol and food and there's loads of Swedish sweets and suddenly it's a proper festival. So mycket bättre, as they would say in Swedish. <laughs> yes, exactly that. <clears throat> so we're going to just have a little walk around and we're going to get a sense of uh, what this event means to people. Well, for people coming to watch a Swedish selection show in the middle of London. So we're here now with some Eurovision fans and we just want to kind of find out, well, why is it that you come to church to worship the holy altar of Carola in the middle of London? Well I think we've just been doing it for so many years now and it's something you know it's a social event for all of us it's a good chance to see you know the songs that Sweden are putting out because they're always you know amongst the best. And it's just it's a little bit odd to have this pop up in the middle of London in a country that's not known necessarily for its Eurovision friendliness. Well, I think the fact it's in the Swedish church kind of answers that. You know, I think the Swedes love it and, you know, they're very hospitable. They've really welcomed us in and really made an event out of it. They have made it really special, haven't they? Thank you. So we're at the Swedish church watching Melody Festival and it's an unusual thing to happen in the middle of London. It's never unusual. I've been doing this for years. <laughs> and why do you come to the church? What do you, what, what, tell us a little bit about what it's like. Well, about 10 years ago, I saw Charlotte Pirelli at the church and I was really excited about Charlotte. So I've been coming back for 10 years, hoping to see Charlotte again. So it's become like an annual tradition. And we've seen Charlotte a few times in those years. Uh, We might have done, but I might have had too much wine to actually realise and remember when I've seen her. Uh, Maybe it's a good job we caught you at the start of the evening then. Thank you. (laughs) Emil. You're Swedish, so this is a little bit of your, your childhood and your, your culture right here in the middle of London. Yeah, it's so amazing. It's fantastic to be here. And how many years have you been coming to the church or watching Mellow in London? Uh, since uh, 2010, I think. Wow, so quite a long time now. It's quite, it's quite an established annual event now. Yeah, definitely. 
Yeah. And what? Just tell us what it's like being here amongst mad Eurovision fans and oh. mad Swedes. It's a it's a great community, and uh, our friend Chris Anderson and Rob they're arranging these amazing parties for us every year, uh, and this is part of the community. And Stefan is and his friend is organizing the pub, uh, and it's so great for for community. Oh yes, we've got the after party to go to as well. We won't forget that. Thank you. So another fan here. Tell us about your experience of coming to the church. Well, this is my second year now coming to the Swedish Church to watch Melody Festival, and I can absolutely say it is a wonderful experience being amongst not just so many Eurovision fans, but also so many Swedes as well, because Sweden is one of my favorite countries in the world, incidentally enough, because of Eurovision. But it is a great experience and I would recommend any Eurovision fans in London during Melody Festival and season to come to the church at least once just to get a feel for what it's like. Brilliant, thank you. So Henrik, you're a Swede and yes this is part of your culture, part of your childhood, so transplanted here to London where you now live. Yes, I'm so happy I can see it here. I couldn't do that the first few years I lived here. And uh, we used to go to the pub across the road, first of all, the Harcourt Arms, and now we've graduated into the church. Yeah, Harcourt Arms, that was fantastic. I mean, but the church is brilliant too. Uh, a lot of people, uh, you can buy drinks and you can buy snacks. Yeah, I'm certainly enjoying the dill chips and the copper bag that are on offer. So we've moved on from the church now. We've come to the after party. Uh, not an official after party from the church, but just actually an after party that the fans put together. I'm here with one of the biggest Schlager fans, Andrew. So, Andrew, tell us about the whole mellow thing in London. Well, um, you may be surprised to, to know that the whole mellow thing in London is quite big. Um, as you've heard, we've been to the church and that's put on every year and uh, there used to be a pub in London called the Harcourt which was just a stone's throw from the church where you could watch the show and um, then the after party would be in there and it would just be wonderful because it was a Swedish pub and um, it had Swedish staff and just everything about it was just Swedish it could not have been better but that sadly closed down so we had to think of something else and and other pubs in the area because we are in the heart of the London Swedish community and so we asked around various pubs and over the years since that happened um, People sometimes watch it at home and then they come to the after party which is where we are at the moment and we are getting the real party Schlager um, please don't try and guess my name because I've said Schlager um, <laughs> it is Schlager Central isn't it we absolutely <laughs> love it well yeah. thank you I mean so here's I'm with Stefan now. Stefan's organising the after parties here in the Royal Oak tonight. Stefan, why did you put on the after parties? Well, I mean, traditionally, there's always been an after party. It used to be at the Harcourt Arms, uh, which was the Swedish pub opposite the church. Since that closed, it moved to another pub um, for a couple of years. And then when that closed, um, I realised that, you know what, I would rather organise a party than not have an after party. And so we ended up organising it. And it is absolutely packed in here tonight. It is. It is, which I'm very happy to see. Well done. Congratulations on doing it and keeping this alive for our community. Thank you. You're so welcome. Happy memories. And some of our last nights out actually before the lockdown this year. It was. Because, of course, the Swedish final happened on the 7th of March when, you know, other countries had already started to take precautions. Um, the Danish final, for example had no audience in which we mentioned in the danish episode but no sweden went ahead with a full audience so yeah bittersweet really to look back at that time um but yeah a little flavor of what happens in the swedish church and uh the the history of watching eurovision uh or watching melody festival in in london so maybe the winning song was a little bit of a surprise this year it was the mamas with move let's have a little listen to it Deeper than my love for you 
Matt, did the right song win for you? I don't know if I... I don't know. Because I look at my personal favourites as opposed to what I think could do well at Eurovision. My personal favourite was this, The Mummers, and also uh, a daughter, Bulletproof, which was an entry which we'll come on to. So I, I can't call it that way. When I think about what would do better at Eurovision... I still can't call it. I don't know what would do better at Eurovision. You know Sweden are going to bring the same stage in from Melfest to Eurovision, so you know what you're judging here. I can't call it. I, I genuinely can't call it. I will say I am extremely... I am surprised a bit that the Mummers won, but I am extremely happy that they did because I think it's a brilliant song and I love the story of them coming back and, and then... They didn't come back because it wasn't on. But that whole that whole story, and then John Numvik giving them the trophy on stage. That was, was a beautiful, really emotional, wasn't it? one of my favourite moments of the national final season. Actually, it was very very close. Actually, I think there was such division because um, there was the jury vote, the international jury vote first of all, and there was a split uh, as sixty five points each um, at the end of that for the mamas and for daughter. Um, and then when they put the Swedish televote, public vote on top of that, it was almost split again. And actually there was only one point divided the two and the mamas only won by one point. So we actually had the situation from, you know, we watched 28 songs, not knowing that the very first song that we'd heard way back at the beginning of February was going to be the winner. That's right, because they were song number one of the first yeah. heat. Yeah. Crazy. Mm. It's interesting. I think there is a bit of a story there that maybe built their role. I didn't think the song was particularly original. I love it. I think it's got such a good feel-good factor. So that would have been a nice thing to see. And I think a lot of people responded really, really pleasantly to this. Um, you know, it really struck a chord with a lot of people. So it would have been nice to see um, how it fared at Eurovision. But that's something we are not going to know. And unfortunately, the mamas are not automatically selected for next year, um, unlike some of the other artists. And that's really because Belfast is such a big fixture in the Swedish um, calendar. It's got record company time. It's got artists who will have already been preparing before Eurovision this year was cancelled for Belfast next year. They're building their, their album releases around it. They're building their single releases around it to try and maximise the exposure that Melfest gives. And of course, you regularly see all six Melfest shows in the top 10 TV shows of the year in Sweden. So it's not like SVT can just drop Melfest and have an automatically selected artist next year. That's not to say they can't kind of try and give preferential treatment to the mummers where they, where they can. Ooh. Not that we would ever, oh. you know, advise that or accuse anyone of that. But I think the TV company would have to be scrupulously fair with that. And I think the advantage would have to come from the audience um, taking the mamas to their heart yeah. and wanting to vote next year. But I want to see the best songs win. I don't want to see an artist go through just on sympathy or you know the fact that you've got a, a, a connection with that artist I want to see the best songs win whoever they are sung by yeah. so we'll see in March next year who will win Melfest next year and who will represent Sweden and the Mamas well at least they got to go there with John Lundvik with a good result but they didn't get to have the limelight in their own right they're going to be a little footnote in Melfest and Eurovision history, sadly. So far, who so knows? Far, so far, the future. for this year at least. Yeah. yeah. So let's get on to the business of what is going to be the Swedish cherry. Right, we're going to kick off straight away. Song number one is Felix Sandman with Boys With Emotions. Boys with emotions Trying not to show Leave it unspoken We're all a little bit broken Boys with emotions Trying not to show Keeping it in the one I admit We're all boys with emotions Boys with emotions Boys with emotions Boys with emotions Boys with erections, <laughs> trying not to show them. 
<laughs> I can't. Uh, sorry, my the alternate lyrics kicked in so quickly for that. And I can't not hear that. Ever <laughs> since we sat in that church and you were singing it out loud, I was like, Monty, I can't <laughs> unhear this now. Have I put erections in your head? You have. Uh, you have. <laughs> <laughs> It's damn catchy though. It just works. There's, you know, I mean, I like a saucy alternate lyric. And that really does work for me. Makes me titter to myself. Um, Felix Salmon, uh, one of many returning artists to Melfest. This is a, a characteristic of the show. Yeah. Artists do return time and again um, to the show, and I think this is this is emblematic of the the familiarity and the the favour that an artist has with the public. I know when the Melfest songs are released, it's a you know it's a little hobby of Eurovision fans to sit down and predict purely, sometimes purely on the songwriters. And let's face it, this year there were some familiar names in the songwriters, you know, 75 songs by Thomas Gson again. <laughs> um, but there is a thing that you can actually more or less, not always, but you can have a good stab at predicting who's going to get through to the final in the Andra Shanson from the names alone. And unsurprisingly, um, Felix uh, made it through. Um, well, actually, he made it to the Andra Shanson. He did. Uh, and it was from the Andra Shanson that he qualified to the final. Uh, it's an interesting song. It's a very modern pop song. And actually, you had a really interesting take on, on this and the ability to perform it. Yeah, because it's yeah, the recording... You listen to it and you think it's cool, modern, chart pop that could be sung by any top male star, you know, your your Bieber-esque type young male cool star. But the live performance of this is kind of a bit drab and it shows that Felix perhaps doesn't have the best voice. That's not really the point of the song. It's, it's not a song that's to be performed. It is a song that is to be listened to on your phone or the modern way in which music is consumed now I think mm-hmm. and I think that's it he, he it's not a, a song that's to be performed on stage like that I don't know I don't think it is I don't think it works and I wonder if that's part of the sort of the thing with Melfest where it's you are you do have to perform it live but actually the function of Melfest for most competing artists is not to win it is to get promotion for your single um, and I agree on audio I agree this is a fantastic sounding song not sure he pulls it off so well live there's it's interesting there's a little bit like Benjamin Ingrosso's song yeah. for Eurovision there's an element of the stage performance feeling a little bit more like a music video uh, and I know that SVT are very good at this and they're very good at staging and very creative with staging but I wonder if that sort of fits into that narrative there of it not being a, a song for more traditional stage performance like a gig performance um, or something like that. I think he knew he wasn't going to win Melfest this year but that's not what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of Ingrosso when Benjamin won Melfest and came to the London Eurovision party, Felix came with him um, and performed his song, which had also been a big hit. And I, I didn't realise it was Felix when I was talking to him backstage. I was talking to Benjamin. I just thought, oh, he's brought his mate along. It was only that when he went on stage, he was like, oh, that's who that was. <laughs> Sorry, Felix, if you're listening, then why would you be? But, you know, in case you are. Good. <laughs> Moving on. Song two is called Bulletproof and it's by Doctor. This is one of my favourite songs of the year. It's a few of them, but this is certainly one of the favourite. I think the use of the lasers on her chest. So look at the performance. You'll see what we mean. It is staging where they use lasers coming down from the uh, rigging that then blast. And actually, I think it might be coming up from the stage. Anyway, basically blast her chest. And her what she's wearing is like a mirror ball type top that reflects it. It's really quite novel and it sounds clunky. But actually, when you watch it, it really works. I, I think it's great. The song itself is actually quite sad, actually, 
because when you hear it, you know, it's kind of saying, you know, it's a cry for help, really. You know, I'm not bulletproof. I don't know. I got a sense that things were kind of like on a rocky road for her. So um, I connected with that. I quite like that, even though it was quite an impressive uh, display on stage. This is my kind of pop music. This is this is certainly one of my favourites. Yeah, I adore this as well. The The lyrics are quite sad. There's a line where it shoot me in the middle where my heart's supposed to be. Oh. And it just feels so... Oh my God, it's it's so bereft. You know, it's it's really quite a strong emotion. That effect looked amazing. It was like a laser effect and it really did look amazing. It spawned a million copycat versions uh, in the Zoom parties that have happened in the Eurovision season with us turning the torch on our phones and holding our phones to our chest and trying to project this, pretending that we're daughter on stage. Well, I've been doing that anyway. A few other people have as well. Great pop. Great, great pop. It's such a, a, a fantastic... I mean, this was the song that came second by a point. And I think... This was a potential Eurovision winner. Yes. Yes. I mean, you, got there. you always have to say that with Sweden, but mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I, I agree with you there. That this would definitely have been top five. Yeah, more so with Sweden, no, this year than in some of the most recent years. For sure. I think this would have um, captured larger chunk of the televoter um, points, which is where Sweden tends to have fallen short in the past few years mm. remember that moment for Benjamin when he was really high in the jury vote and then got virtually nothing in the um, in the in the televote so I th- yeah I think it would have had a better chance than some of the recent songs so moving on song three is Oh Kingdom Come by Anna Bergendahl Now, of course, Anna is Second Cherry alumni. She came third last year. I'm making this up on the spot. Third or fourth in uh, Cherry last yes, year? Yes, third. She, yeah, she done really well. And she recorded some audio for us and stuff. Mm-hmm. Of, you know, she, she, she's aware of us. She is. She is aware of us. What do you think of the song, though, Monty? I love this. There is something so energetic about it um of all her three melfest songs this is by far my favorite yeah i mean i know she had the sort of the 2010 song which we'll gloss over the only non-qualification but she came back and ingratiated herself with the fans last year but this time i think she came back with a cracker of a song and you know she's really there as a as a cherished melfest artist now this was the 60th anniversary of Melody Festivalen? Yes, it was. Yeah, so, which was interesting because it's also an anniversary for Anna herself because it is 10 years since she won mm-hmm. Melfest. So I was not surprised to see her come back. I was surprised that she had this song up her sleeve because it is by far the best song I've ever heard her sing. And, I've, you know, I'm a bit of a fan. I like, I like her music. But this is the most modern I've ever heard her She's kind of a bit like an old soul, old beyond her years. And to come back with a better song, better performance, which a lot of Melfest artists don't do. Uh, Mariette is one artist that I'm thinking of. But yeah, so and this is the best I've ever seen her look as well. Just physically, just she looked confident. She looked beautiful on stage. Vocally, it was flawless. I just thought, wow, you are pretty special. And that performance really is something. It had an effect I've never seen on a stage before. Yeah. And it's breathtaking. There's a point where she is suddenly joined on stage by a troupe of six dancers who look great in kilts. Really, really. Bomber jacket and kilts. Bomber jackets and kilts. Really look amazing. It's all the Melfest dancers that we see all the time. But they look great here. And there's a moment where they leap and just 
they leap from the shadow into the light and the lighting effect is such that they're in darkness until they so they're mid leap and then they just seem to appear on stage out of nowhere i wondered if it was a screen effect when yeah. i first saw it but i've seen video from in the arena and you can actually see they're there in the shadows and then suddenly the lighting just works perfectly on the moment and they're there and they just seem to magically appear from nowhere absolutely stunning one of the best effects i've ever seen in a, a presentation like this i'm not sure many broadcasters other broadcasters from other countries could pull that off that was so slick i'm not sure there's the there's the position in other broadcasters programming to have the platform where you're trying these creative True. outlets you know melfest again as well, i think it's why one of the most important things for swedish tv it is a, a bit of a testing ground it's a bit of a you know a, a, it's for stage craft as much as songwriting and song performance um, and for the, the local music industry. Really, really stunning. And yeah, just brilliant. Brilliant from Anna. Mm. So what's our fourth song? Our fourth song is Vamos Amigos by Mendes featuring Alvaro Estrella. <laughs> love this there's it didn't pick up that much attention to be honest um it got through um the second chance round the anthrochancen and it then proceeded to come 11th in the final and i think that's criminal really I mean, I just think this deserves so much better. It's never a song that was going to win. But my God, is this a feel-good song. I love Spanish language, Latin pop. And I know this is bilingual English and a bit of Spanish. But it's just great. Alvaro Estrella sang a song a couple of years ago called In the Bedroom. And it's a little saucy number. Again, we had some um, alternative lyrics, which I can't read. I can't say on the podcast. <laughs> even even after a watershed, it's very, very, uh, um, some, well, filthy lyrics we had for that, really. But he teamed up with Mendez, another alumni of uh, Melfest. And oh, there's something about Mendez. He's a hot pappy. We're, and I mean, we are becoming that type of gay, aren't we? But, we are. <laughs> but hold, hold the phone, because this guy would make you climb the walls. That's what I'm going to say. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> you can't leave it there. My God. I know that we sound like a couple of filthy old pervs, but, you know, it's hot. And we're men with men's needs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, look, this is this is quite generic Latino pop. I don't think, you know, I think Spanish people listening here would roll their eyes a little bit like, oh, God, you know, this isn't, you know, it's not reggaeton, which is kind of the more oh, rogue it's not, sound. It's, it's inauthentic not, as fuck. It is, you know, mm. it's like the Chinese food you have, like, in your local takeaway. It's like, it's not genuine. It's like a bastardised version. Do you know, though, it's more authentic than Margaret's Cabana? yes. Yes, well, yes, of course, yeah. of course. But then, that poor girl's never going to come back oh, if we keep slagging her off. Is she? She, she, she'll punch me in the face if she ever meets me. I'm sure. Um, I want to talk about Mendes though, because I was quite surprised. Actually, we'll put a link to it in the show notes if I can find it. But there is an interview with Mendes, and he's talking about his son, who is gay, who I think, and I'm off the top of my head now, he is quite young. It's quite a young teenager yeah so so 20 years old uh his son is and there is this interview where quite beautifully mendez talks about his son's bravery at coming out as being gay you know back in chile there's reasons why that's quite a difficult thing to do in chile or in that community especially and it's just lovely the way he talks about his son being like his hero for being able to come out and I just felt all the love in that moment because I thought, what a beautiful thing to say 
and how much that must be appreciated from his young son who you know Mendes I'm you know not being too judgmental but he's the sort of person he looks quite mean he looks quite you know quite rough he's got and red, facial he. tattoos so he looks like he's had a bit of a history let's let's be honest I would not necessarily put that sort of attitude towards gay people on him but hats off to him that is the most beautiful moment uh, we'll put a link to it in the show notes because it is a beautiful beautiful interview it's lovely it is lovely and of course a reminder there never to judge a book by its cover there you go so moving on to song five which is carpool karaoke by nana gromba <laughs> Talk about Melfest alumni. This is Nana Grönvall, the great Nana Grönvall, who also represented Sweden in 1996 with Din Wilder. And she's, well, she's not. (laughs) I love Nana. She just gives everything. She's a very theatrical performer, but not not necessarily a musical theatre performer. No. She's just very... She brings a lot of passion and energy and theatrics to her shows. Now, she's been in Melody Festival in loads of times as a performer and also several times as a composer um, as well. And she was actually in one of the first Melfests I ever saw because I used to get the videotapes sent over from Sweden in the, the late 90s. And she was in with Arvindswick in 1998 and she was just... Are so beguiling and so engaging as a performer. This is just fun. Now, we're saying earlier around do you enter Melfest expecting to win or, you know, to have a bit of a career boost or just for the hell of it? And this just felt like it was for the hell of it. She had no chance of winning this show, but she was going to have some damn good fun. Yeah, but also she she wrote some of the other songs in Melody Festival this year. I can't remember which one. There was a couple... Um, that she wrote so she you know she was really involved in the whole thing this year really what I love I mean this is we need to have a, like a camp klaxon I think Monty on this podcast because you know whenever yeah. something is just like just outrageous we I don't know we need to we need to find a camp klaxon a, our camp klaxon our camp klaxon would be the whole show <laughs> <laughs> well you know you know what I love about Nanny is that she's a legend and often when legends come back to Millfest and they do, you know, it's, they're trying to make a variety show. They want to cater to all of the family that watch Melody Festival. So they bring these legends back and sometimes the songs can be not quite so modern. They can be quite sedate. You know, it's kind of just appealing to maybe the older crowd. I don't know. There, there seems to be a little bit of this coming Charlotte in. Pirelli with a guitar. Charlotte Pirelli with a guitar. And, well, Nana was having fucking none of that this year. She <laughs> sedate my ass. This, this. And it needs sedating. <laughs> She's like, no, 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 no. Uh, thanks, guys. Thanks for bringing me back. But I have different ideas and this is what we're doing. And do you know what? It is incredible. She's pushing 60. She had full choreo. She was engaging from start to finish. I am a huge fan. Me and Monty in the church, actually, we stood up and applauded. Like, <laughs> like the gayest thing you've ever seen. Like gay clapping, standing ovation in a Swedish church. It was, I, I have just found new levels of respect for her. It is just, look, the song's pants. It is a pants song, but I enjoyed it from start to finish. Well, we haven't even talked about the subject of the song yet. Right. Because it is about carpool karaoke, the, the James Corden thing in the show he does in America where he has a celebrity and they're in the car and they're driving and they're singing along and the song in this is how she's you know friends are trying to get her to go out and do partying and you know go here and there and she's just having none of it the only thing she wants to do is sing carpool karaoke with James Corden (laughs) (laughs) and it's just it's bonkers I mean why why not and then obviously that prompted a response We'll put a link in the show notes, but this was James Corden 
uh, on his show, like referencing it, saying, you know, explaining what happened in Melody Festival and explaining Melody Festival to an American audience must be tricky. The, the, the script writers had a hard time doing that, but he did. He actually said, you know, uh, this is what happened. It was the semi-finals of this show, Melody Festival, and she said this, and she did this, and um, she didn't win, which is a travesty. And he like he kind of like pooed on the two qualifiers from her heat, which were Hannah Firm, Brave, and also um, Victor Corona, Trouble Waters. It's just really funny that he said, next time I'm in Sweden or you're in LA, let's hook up, we'll get in a car, and we'll do a car- carpool karaoke. And I thought at that point, is this going to actually happen? It's got to happen. I mean, please, somebody make that happen. Mm. Because Nana is so lovely. And she would be fantastic. That's great oh, TV. No. Brilliant TV. That yeah. is great TV. She Brilliant would be back here. Yeah. The Swedish audience weren't so keen as we were. <laughs> no. It came seventh in its heat. Out of? Out of seven. Out of seven. Oh, poor Nana. You see, I mean, yeah. The Swedish audience are not always looking for the same things as a bunch of whoopsie boys in a church in Marley Bonart. Yeah. <laughs> it takes all sorts to make the world go round. It does indeed. But there we go. That was Nana. So, Monty, what's our, where are we now, sixth song? Song six is called Venus Somos, uh, Who Is Like Us by Anis Dom Demina. <laughs> I don't know about you, Matt, but I love the sight of a big boy throwing himself around stage, rapping and wearing a velour tracksuit. Yeah, I'm all about the velour. <laughs> I, this has got fucking energy, though. This was something which I thought, oh, OK, I remember on the final night, I don't know, I can't remember where it was placed on the running order, but I just remember thinking, OK, this is pick things up. It's really, really, he is engaging. He's fun. He's not taking himself too seriously, which a lot of rappers or those sort of like urban type artists can do. It's very like, no, this is me. The backdrop on stage, his background when he's performing is like this front page of a magazine and it keeps changing, but it's basically him. And it's kind of a bit of fun. There's a picture of him. I think it starts off with him. And then you've got this headline where it says, Sweden in tears. There's only one Aniston Demina. And it's like, and it's just sort of silliness. But the song has got lots of energy. He's really good fun. And yeah, I think he got a bit, became a bit of a fan favourite over in Sweden, I think. He kind of got a lot of love. The song itself came fifth. Yeah, I think the momentum built with this because it was third in its heat. Um, so it had to come through Andrushansen. Um, But then by the time it got to the final, it actually came fifth yeah. in the final. There was so much momentum behind it. I think it became a bit of a Spotify hit. Uh, locally um, and that's what often happens with a song that you know the, that's kind of missed out on that first thing possibly because people are looking out for and voting for the artists that they know and then the the duration of Melody Festival and the structure of it is as long as you haven't gone out you do still have a second chance to get to the final and that's interesting to bring up because actually when whilst you're still in the competition your song isn't released Yes. Or it's hard, yeah, on yeah. Spotify and things like that. I could be right. I'm right in saying that, aren't I? Yeah, that's so right. So when you, when you get knocked out... Oh, no, wait, wait. Yeah, when you get knocked out, your songs are available on yes. YouTube and Spotify. But if you got through to the final, they're not available until after the fourth heat, after all the songs are there. And I think that the idea is that it's meant to try not advantage songs which have qualified from the first heat over songs which haven't been heard yet for yeah. another three weeks. It makes sense. But this definitely had momentum. This was starting point, end point, and fifth in Melfest is a great yeah. accomplishment. Just a nice, fun, upbeat, happy, taking the piss a little bit, tongue-in-cheek song. And I'm all for seeing the big boys being represented up Yeah. There. Absolutely. Have you got a real tracksuit though? I haven't, but you know, I might get myself one now. Maybe for the live show. Maybe. There you go. So our song seven, we're going to do seven songs this week, is is Winners by Mohambi. Still not to live. 
kick us off, Monty. What what are your thoughts? Well, do you know, this is a late addition into the discussion tonight because it wasn't on my list to put into the discussion, but it was on yours. Mm. Um, and I thought this passed me by a little bit, really. But listening to it again tonight, ahead of recording the show, actually, I see there is something in it. There's something quite pleasant in this song um it came 12th in the final so it wasn't hugely well supported um but it had got through on its own accord from its heat um and again i think this is the thing mohammy was a uh, somebody who's been in melfest before people were looking out for the name and maybe kind of carried through for that but actually i think this is a really solid pop song it's really it's got a nice melody not astonishing not going to be, you know, setting the charts alight or, you know, winning a competition by any stretch, but a really good solid pop song. One of those many that come from Melfest and that sometimes you don't realise are there until you go back and reflect. There's one thing I do think that Melfest for me is not as it was at its peak, which for me was probably the late noughties mm. um, when it was blasting out some cracking pop songs and still with a hint of Schlager in there as well. I think it has changed. I don't think on the whole Melfest is as strong as it used to be for me, but you can always guarantee that by the time we get through to the final, the lineup in the final is a really good selection of songs. The, the, the best songs generally do get through. And so we normally have a, a cracking lineup to choose from. Mm. I do think Melfest has actually improved in recent years. But yes, not necessarily that it's going through a golden age or anything like that. It certainly isn't. But I think Mohambi is underrated here. Uh, there wasn't much noise about this. I mean, yes, of course, he, he qualified. But I just felt like he didn't get the, the recognition that this cracking pop song sort of deserved. It's basic staging. It's like pink lights on pillars. And it, it's quite static. Not much has happened. So I think maybe that might have hurt it a lot. I think if somebody like Robin Benson sang this, because this a song like this could actually quite end, end up on the lap of Robin as opposed to Mohambi, mm -hmm. I think it would have done better. And I don't know. I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, it's a, a race thing or anything like that. I just feel like maybe profile-wise... This, you know, you put this song on, whack it on, turn it up really loud and dance around. It is a great pop song. And I just wonder whether it's because it's Mohambi, it's only what his second time in Milfest. Has he got the profile to maybe carry off a song like this? I'm just a bit gutted that he only came 12th. I love the song. I love it. I think that's an interesting point you make because I think there's merit in the argument that had somebody else sung this with a bigger profile they would have attracted more attention and therefore perhaps done better and i think that comparing it to robin benson is a good comparison there because i think it is the kind of song that you could see him singing and being offered and this is way better than the robin benson song that was in this year yeah i think so i agree i hope um I hope he comes back again. I'm sure we will see him again. He feels like the art, kind of artist that is going to, has got a few more tries at Melody Festival in, in him. So that's our seven songs. But I mean, Melody Festival and being Melfest, there is a lot on offer, 28 songs. And then there are a few more songs that um, perhaps just deserve a little bit of a highlight. So for me, the, the, the Mariette song, now I'm, not the biggest fan of Mariette. I've not really liked her entries, but I did quite like this. But I think the reason I want to just mention it is because in the final, she had an unfortunate moment with the stagecraft um, where there's a close-up on her and a stagehand hands her a guitar, cut off the bottom of the camera shot um, and Scarpa's out of sight. So suddenly she's got a guitar that she didn't have before. But they didn't quite time it right, no. so we had a half a stage hand in shot, and she was handing the guitar up to her, and it just looked a bit comedy. And you just kind of felt that you know somebody's head was going to roll backstage after. I that. mean, he literally could have turned around, waved at the camera, and got off in the time that he was on the camera. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, actually, just a point on Mariette because I am a bit of a fan. You made a point when we were chatting, just me and you earlier, Monty. Mm -hmm. You made a point about the way that she looks, her aesthetic doesn't necessarily match up the sort of music that she releases 
And I think you've hit the nail on the head with maybe what isn't quite connecting with her sometimes. Yeah, I she it's a bit of a disconnect for me. I know lots of people love her, um, and I'm not dissing her as an artist. It just doesn't work for me. Um, her songs feel a bit more poppy than her slightly more sort of, I guess, kind of grunge kid, indie kid look. Bohemian, the, maybe. Yeah, yeah, it just doesn't feel quite right for me. I want to mention as well, and we have to mention this for um, our um, avid listener, Maxi Max. <laughs> we have to mention Linda Bensing, uh, another person who's tried many, many times at Melfest. And of course, has been an artist at Eurofest, where we held our live final last year at the RVT. I love Linda Bensing. Her song, um, Yahuga Shabraw, I Lie So Well, is for me perfect schlager. Absolute perfect schlager. It's 10 years old now, or possibly more. Unfortunately, I don't think she came back with a strong enough entry this year in Alamina Soga. It wasn't even... It wasn't a strong song, but it also wasn't quite the style of song that we wanted to hear from Linda. So whilst everybody got really excited to see that she was back, she didn't really deliver for me. So there are a couple of extra songs for you uh, that we just wanted to highlight. So before we find out which one we picked as a cherry, Matt, what time is it? It's time for this. Matt and Monty's good thing of the week. That is good. It's good. Oh, that's good, that is. So, you know the concept, our good thing of the week that is good is our opportunity to shed some positivity on something that's happening within the fandom. And this week, well, we've had big news from across the pond. Big news. Big news, yeah. The Eurovision format, more or less, is going to America. The American Song Contest. Now, we know this was going to happen because we've known this way back in... 2019 that's when they made the big announcement at a press conference um, in Tel Aviv and this is sort of the brainchild of Ola Meltzig who has produced who's been like head of production at Eurovision for many years Krista Bjorkman Krista Bjorkman who is obviously Krista Bjorkman and also Anders Lenhoff who's also a, a Swedish producer now these guys I think if you were to want to put a team together that could deliver this sort of thing over in America, which is a tricky thing to crack, this is an awful project to take on. I think this is the team you'd put together. This is a team that knows what they're doing and knows how to translate it to America. So for those who don't know Monty, just quickly, what was the... like? What is what is this American Song Contest? What is the idea of it? So the idea is it's going to be an interstate contest, but it, there are going to be, I think they've said five televised heats, um, and then there will be the final. So it's a little bit more extended. So maybe a little bit more like the Melfest format. Um, and they are looking for artists and songwriters who are from the States. Now, there's been a lot of people saying, oh, it's not going to have the kind of the cultural flavour but actually there's a lot of diversity in American music you know you've got everything from rap and country and bluegrass through to you know house music and disco there's a lot of variety that could be there you won't necessarily get the the different national flavours that we get in some of the songs that you're doing but then you know you've got like Renta Jason you know in a lot of countries you know parachuting in art writers from other countries and some of the songs have no national flavor at all and yet still do really well and we love them so i don't think that argument really holds true for me i'm really intrigued to see what this does um i am much more positive to than some of the the people um, who have been commenting on i just honestly this is why we're doing this segment about positivity because honestly i can't take it people trashing things before a they know anything about it and also, look, read the signs. You've got the best European team you could possibly put together, taking it over to the States. We're on a, a TV channel who said, we're really open and ready for this. Mm. I mean, and I, don't, I, I don't get why you've got to trash it. There's a difference as well, because it's not going to be like the, the different national broadcasters competing. They're putting together a group of people uh, who will be part of the song selection and the jury. So it's going to, they're going to look for the songwriters. 
So it's not like the national broadcasters or like it'll be local state broadcast. It's not. It's one overall project and they'll be looking for local talent. I like that idea of being this curated competition of music, which makes me think it is going to be diverse because these people are diverse by nature of this mm. being a group of people, but also the fact that they they they're obviously going to be under instruction, have their own ideas about what they want this competition to be. It's going to be diverse. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm, I'm looking forward to it as well. And I've just got one thing to say about it, which is you whore. Sorry, I'm not doing that with the American accent. Yeehaw! <laughs> <laughs> Monty looked straight into my eyes when he said that, and I felt it. <laughs> so there you go the American Song Contest our good thing of the week that is good for this episode Matt and Monty's good thing of the week that is good it's good oh that's good that is right so on to the reason why we're here why we do this podcast it is the eventually <laughs> I don't know what, what time we're on now but this is a long episode Monty I do think uh, so our song selection our cherry pick for Sweden, and this is a biggie. Now, Monty, what cherry have we plucked for Sweden? We have plucked Kingdom Come by Anna Bergendahl. Ooh, now, you know, we This could've... was hard. This was a really hard decision. And I think, to be honest, it really felt like there was an obvious two to choose from. Dotter and Anna Bergendahl. I know we've had Anna Bergendahl before. That's not the reason that swung it. No, not at all. Not at all. I think the reason that swung it within the team was that this is a stunning stage presentation. And while Dotter's song was probably more contemporary, probably more original, and had a really interesting solo performance, the dance ensemble for this really was the thing that's on it but this could have gone either way don't write in don't at us about this one <laughs> but i feel a lot better about this because yes i am more let's just say i'm probably more the contemporary voice mm-hmm. on the second cherry team and i my favorite song of this is dotter but i was wowed by anna bergendahl and i i was when people put this up as a selection you know like you know it looked like it was going to be between the two i said you know what guys i'm i'm either or actually because anna never looked so good she's never sounded so good and i do you know what i am going to say i am quite glad that she's part of like alumni of cherry and here she is back again so that's our Swedish cherry, Anna Bergendahl with Kingdom Come. You can write in and you can at us if you want to about it. Um, and you can do that on Twitter at Second Cherry, on Instagram, second underscore cherry, or on Facebook, Second Cherry Podcast. And you can also email us at... Hello. At secondcherry.vision. And Monty, one more time, camper, please. Hello. At secondcherry.vision. Now, I want to put a shout out. Because I'm very pleased, actually, that people have been messaging us and sending messages. Do continue. But I want, I see the stats of our podcast and I see how many of you in Australia and how many of you in the US have been listening and downloading our podcast. So please, if you're listening and downloading, especially you Americans after we've just talked about the American Song Contest, surely you've got something to say about this. Write in. We'll read it out. Talk and not just Anglophone countries as well. You can contact us from other countries as no, well. of course. While you're listening. Well, do you know, actually, while we're on the subject of stats, uh, Lithuania looks like one of our popular episodes this year. And so if you are Lithuanian and you're still listening since the Lithuanian episode, <laughs> write in. Yeah. And we will. We are still going to get some mugs made. Totally. And we do still need to pick a, a, a winner for a mug giveaway at some point as well so we'll we'll look at all of the all of the submissions that we have all of the correspondence <laughs> and we shall see who we think we should award a mug to there you when go. we get them yeah. at some point 
terms and conditions apply, no correspondence will be entered into. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm crossing my fingers just in case we don't get them made. <laughs> Where are Ofcom going to do us in? Is this Ofcom? Not if, we, no, not if we stick to the terms and conditions which we have widely publicised. Uh-huh. Okay, let's uh, <laughs> that, that's finish this podcast immediately. <laughs> Listen, guys, so uh, next week, can we announce the country? Yeah, we? let's. All right, well, next week, we have a special guest. We'll say that much. And we are just hopping over the border to Norway and Melody Grand Prix. So, uh, yeah, do tune in. That's going to be good fun. Stick around for that. And, uh, yeah, so uh, it's bye from me, Monty. And bye from me. See you later. See you. Bye. bye.